Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Spice to you on a Thursday night here in Sports City. Does not look like I have my co-host tonight, Mr. Chandler Knight, off on a nice veterans trip. So hopefully he has a good time keeping you in my thoughts. Maybe you'll catch some good fish and have some good eating this weekend. Not sure how much you really eat or don't eat fish, but uh, at the end of the day, more important thing is you have a good time, enjoy the camaraderie, and have fun. So shout out to my co-host Chandler Knight. Hope to have him back soon. I'm hoping the villain. Is going to find the opportunity to pop up tonight. Uh, hopefully a couple other chefs will show up in the building. In the meantime, until we get that figured out, I'm going to hit a couple things going on in the news today. I think villain is here. The villain? villain is in the building. <clears throat> What's up, villain? Joining us for Roundtable Gumbo. How are you doing this evening? I am chilling like a villain. I'm tired, but I'm here with you doing doing the damn thing and have some fun tonight. How you feeling, bro? How you at? Where you at? Uh, man, I can't complain, man. Just uh, coming off my birthday week. I had some good shows this week, so uh, just kind of throwing together headlines to go through some stuff tonight. And so looking forward to kind of serving up and hearing your thoughts. Um, yes, I want to yes, start... I want to start with a somber story as we get to work, but wait a minute. Uh, before we do that, listen, don't forget, phiapparel.co. Check them out, phiapparel.co. <clears throat> they have unique designs that are sure to make you stand out in the crowd, custom uh, Philly threads for you, for all the Philly sports fans in your life that you know, love, or hate, whatever. Uh, pick up your Phillies, any of your Phillies uh, clothing needs from the – Eagles and Jalen Hurts, and, you know, now you might want the DeAndre Swift jersey, right? He's coming home, so, you know, uh, <laughs> might have some family want to come represent the man, you know, in his, in his home state. So, yeah, you know, they need to go to phiapparel.co as well. Use that promo code CHEFS at checkout, get 15% off. Check them out, phiapparel.co. Much appreciate appreciate you guys supporting the CHEFS. And uh, so, Barry, I don't know how much you saw in this. Uh, but I want to start mm-hmm. here. 
Let me get some of the bad stuff out of the way first. Have you seen this deal with Wander Franco? No. So Wander Franco, young shortstop for the Rays, highly touted, came up, took him a little while to kind of get his feet under him, fought some injuries, been really playing pretty well this year. 22-year-old kid, um, and the Rays thought enough of him that they tried to kind of pull a page out of Atlanta's book and, some, and a couple of the other franchises. They signed this guy to a long-term deal, too. I want to say, like, I had to go back and double-check the numbers, but I want to say around 10 years, 200-plus million dollars. Um, so the other day, Wander Franco gets pulled out of a game mm-hmm. in, like, the fifth inning. Then he leaves, and it comes out later – and a lot of people are kind of being hush-hush on this, but it comes out in a couple things that what has come up is this man, uh, he's 22 years old, so still fairly young himself, but was chatting with and flirting with and sexting and whatever else, a minor online. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if it's on an app, I don't know what, you know what I mean, I, I don't know what platform's being used and I don't know if he knew or didn't know or, you know, I, I don't know the, the story behind it. Uh, but all I know is uh, suspended indefinitely. The team wasn't commenting on it. They said that, you know, they were aware of MLB's investigation and agreed to cooperate. Uh, but I saw something today uh, from somebody that I have some trust in that said that some sources close to the investigation are now saying, that there's a possibility that Wander Franco never plays in the major leagues again behind this. Uh, Barry, your, your initial thoughts or thoughts on this whole deal. So, I mean, I saw this and I, I, I didn't see an article or anything. I saw like a post somewhere and I thought it was a joke. I thought I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know the context behind it. Um, and then I, I, I just started kind of getting up to speed on it. You know, the kid, what, signed an 11-year, $182 million deal, um, you know, about 70 yeah. games into his career. Um, they're paying, I think, $2 million this year of his salary. Um, but he's definitely on the, um, he's definitely on the, on the, you know, a restricted list that, you know, he can't play for at least six games, but it could be much longer than that. You know what I mean? Um Honestly, it's it's um, it's it's serious, right? You're talking about uh, the Dominican Republic uh, prosecutor coming after him. You know, the National Agency for Boys and Girls, Adolescents, Family, Gender Violence Unit. Like it's it's serious. Um, I I don't know what to make of it, right? I don't I don't have the facts. I don't have all the the information, so I don't want to pass judgment on him. But you know, this is a serious situation. It you know it's beyond baseball, right? Uh, it's a minor involved. Um, you know, I think that the post that I saw was this was a, someone that was like a fan at a game and that, you know, turns out they were, you know, carrying on. They could have been allegedly carrying on into a serious type of relationship. So um, it's a touchy subject. It's it's quite frightening, um, to be honest, as a parent, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, the Rays... I'm sure, you know, that contract is insured. If he can't play again, they'll, you know, insurance will pay it off and what have you. Um, but, it, you know, it's definitely – got to do your homework on these guys. 
Um, a lot of times these teams, not just in baseball, but in most sports, you know, they, they, they give these contracts to these kids very early in their career because it's cost-effective for them, but then they don't do their due diligence about these kids, and, you know, it, it turns into something like this. Yeah, it's really, really a sad deal. I'm, I'm like you. I don't want to pass judgment until I know the whole story. I mean, you know, we are all living in today's day and time in a uh, in a cancel culture world, right? Where um, you know you can very easily be canceled. Sometimes even before the truth comes out. Um, and so, if this guy, if Wander Franco knew. This person's age and carried on, even if he knew how old she was already, then I think that's a problem for sure, right? And as you said, it goes well, well beyond baseball. Um, I think as a parent, because like you, I have children as well, as a parent, it should serve as a reminder for us to make sure that we're having conversations and communicating with our kids about what they're doing online and or Watching behind them, it doesn't hurt to have software where you can track. Um, I mean, we don't have to publicize it to them, but at the same time, um, <clears throat> it, it's not – when it comes to kids, especially if we're respectful about it, it's not a violation of privacy to make sure that we're in the know, right? Because at the end of the day, if, <clears throat> if we're too careful about privacy and we're not in the know, and we can end up doing more harm than making sure that we're aware of what's going on in our kids' lives, right? So uh, it's not a violation of privacy if we're respectful about it. So on that side of it, it's something to be mindful of. And then for, like, any of you that are listening to us, any college kids, any kids in their early 20s, anybody still kind of uh, kind of single, trying to, you know, trying to spit game, trying to run back on somebody, that's a good old old-time expression right there. But – any of you guys trying to do that in any situation, like try to do your due diligence and make sure that a person is really who they say they are the best you can, because you just can't be too careful. Um, right. And I mean, obviously this guy, uh, multi-million dollar guy, big time star, um, who knows? I mean, it's, but he's an easy target for something like this as well, especially a young kid, uh, 22 years old. You know, you don't always know what kind of maturity and what you what you got coming into this thing. So, listen, <clears throat> beyond baseball, whatever happens with this, you know, if if Wander needs help, I hope he gets it. Um, if it's you know whatever happens, I I just hope the best for the kid for the person. Uh, for the player, for the person involved. And I mean, you want to see a good resolution. And then to your point, <clears throat> I would, <clears throat> I would think with this, there has to be some sort of conduct clause or something because it, you said it with the clubs, you better do your due diligence, especially when you're an organization like Tampa, Tampa doesn't have long money like the Yankees or the Dodgers or, uh, you know, Steve Cohen and the Mets and even what the Padres have been selecting. So if you're going to invest in guys, you better hit on them, right? Because otherwise you could end up really putting your franchise in a in a much deeper rut. If they get some of this money back, that will at least, you know, um, 
help with that. But, you know, that's, you know, when I, when I look around, you know, we were talking last night about other teams and, you know, uh, Cleveland sort of, sort of started this in the nineties when they locked up all their guys uh, as they were coming up. And now Atlanta's done this and they look to have hit on all the young guys. We'll see, but you, you've now got multiple seasons of guys that are continuing to match, right? So like, that, that that's the crazy thing. You look in Atlanta, you got Sean Murphy and Matt Olson both locked up for five or six more years. You got four or five more years of Ozzy Alves. You got Acuna locked up through twenty eight. You got Austin Riley for eight or nine more years after this season. They just recently locked up Michael Harris to an eight or nine year deal. I mean, so mm-hmm. looking around the diamond and Orlando Arcia, all star shortstop, all he did was come in and replace Dansby Swanson. Kid's got an eight and like eight million over three years for a starting shortstop who's hitting two ninety, two eighty five. Uh so and playing really good defense. So I mean, but this team is locked up first, second, short, third, uh, center and right, and behind the plate. Uh that makes free agent shopping and or trade shopping a lot easier to do when you've got so many spots filled on your team, right? So it makes it easier to be able to try to maintain you know, a good position like that. Atlanta has the potential to be good for a long time with these guys locked up, right? But, you know, the Padres uh, try to do the same with Tatis. Now he's back this year and he's doing pretty good. He's still got time to prove himself, but it didn't necessarily look good early with the suspension, the motorcycle crash and whatever else. But it's a big thing, Barry. I think uh, you're starting to see teams try to grow their, own, you know, grow their own prospects even more. Think about how much young talent's coming into the game. Right. And then these guys, you know, teams are starting to lock these guys up. So you better hit on them. Right. Or you're going to end up, uh, you're going to end up really taking some steps back. So uh, just kind of my thoughts on baseball. I don't want to like spend too much time on it. We, we belabored talk about your Yankees last night. I'm not going to put you through that again. So, uh, I mean, this is, it, it's, fun, it's fun radio. You can do it. It doesn't matter. Um, we could talk about how, you know, this is a safe space. This is amongst friends. We could talk about how the Yankees started the season with an over 80% chance to make the playoffs. And as of right now, they're barely 2% chance to make the playoffs. They, they're below 500 for the first time in over 30 years. Uh, the, the, the latest they've been in last place uh, since, I think, the 80s, I think, or, or before that. Uh, they can't hit. Uh, they, 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 when they do hit, they can't pitch. Uh, the manager has to go out in public and, and after games and post-games and make all kinds of excuses not to hurt people's feelings, saying that he likes what they're doing, they're improving, all this. It's a, it's a, it's a joke. Uh, it's, a, it's a pathetic baseball team right now. I feel bad for the captain, Aaron Judge. I feel bad for Garrett Cole. They deserve better. This team is garbage. Garrett Cole may very well win the Cy Young too. Uh, like he absolutely, and I, I think. I mean, I think he's deserving, Mike. I think he's deserving. I think he is too. He's he's been the most consistent pitcher in the American League this season. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. I mean, you sign him with that kind of money. Took a lot of heat based on a couple postseason performances, but he's also pitched good in the postseason too. He's taking some right. heat, and you know we talk all the time about players not being able to handle New York, right? Um, about how they get it to New York and they struggle, and then they end up going somewhere else, and they end up settling down and doing pretty well. Well, Garrett Cole's the exact opposite, right? Like he has 
settled into New York. He faced the music. He's faced the scrutiny. And he has been really, really solid this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, you, you at least have that anchor. Just so many things go wrong. It's crazy to think I said this last night. Mm-hmm. First time the Yankees had been uh, under 500 this late in the season since 1995. That's, rem- that's, right. that's a remarkable consistency. Uh, you know, when you look at it to to say, okay, then what? Ninety-five. Tense. Ninety-five. That was a playoff. Yeah. That was a playoff season. That was Don Mattingly's last season, uh, boys and girls. Don Mattingly's last season as a New York Yankee. They they finally made the playoffs as the first wild card in the American League and lost to the the Mariners in the first round. That's that's how that's how five, far back we're five going. Five games, right? At the- I think Jay Roger McDowell. Roger McDowell gave up the hit to Edgar, right. uh, Edgar Martinez. Oh my God! It, it still it still buries me. It still burns me. I think you guys won the chip that year, right? You guys won the chip that year against the the we did the Indians. Beat Indian. Cleveland. Yep. Beat yeah. the beat the. A little history lesson, boys and girls. The, Pay the attention. Former. <laughs> formerly known as formerly known as the Indians, so Seattle beats the Yankees, and then they lose to the Indians in the LCS. And then on the other side, the Braves mm-hmm. beat the Reds, who were very good that year. Uh, yes. Crazy, yes. crazy name that a lot of people a lot of people won't remember. But the Reds had a very very left handed rotation, including David Wells, um, in that yep. rotation. The Braves That's had right. a left handed hitting left fielder who played for a couple other teams named Ryan Klesko. Who played a lot of his right, uh, righties, but but Klesko didn't hit lefties very well. So the Braves traded late in the season with the Baltimore Orioles for a guy named Mike Devereaux, who had played yep. center field most of his career. But he came into Atlanta. He against lefties. He hit. He played mm-hmm. left field and hit in the sixth. The same spot Klesko occupied in the batting order, and I believe. I had to go back and double check it, but I believe Mike Devereaux was the most valuable player of the 1995 National League Championship Series. Uh, he he just might have raked been. against might have. all those left-handed pitchers. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. believe he was. And then the Braves played the uh, Indians. That was a, they finally got the World Championship after they'd been to the World Series. Yep. Two other times and lost. And it was it's crazy because it was all homegrown guys that made the difference in the last game too. The last game, one Chipper. to nothing on a David Justice home run. Tom mm-hmm. David Justice hits the home run. Tom Glavin pitches. Uh, I think Tom Glavin pitched seven or eight innings. Uh, they, they told the story so. about how he got he got out of a first inning jam, and then after like the third or fourth or fifth inning, he came back into the uh, into the dugout and said, "Well, somebody please get an effing run for us because they're not getting any." Enough. <laughs> And that was a crazy crazy Cleveland lineup, too, though. You had both Alomars. You had Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey was uh, still uh, limber enough to play third base at the time. Uh, Albert Bell. You had had, um, Albert Albert Bell. Bell, You had young young Manny Ramirez. Yep. I mean, that, that Cleveland... That Cleveland offense was one of the best I had had ever seen. Kenny Lofton in in center field. Um, That was one of the best offenses in the 90s, and that didn't win. And and the Braves, it was was the matchup of the Braves pitching staff against that Cleveland lineup that was stacked, that was absolutely stacked. I mean, they're not eight and nine hitters. I can't remember their names, but – 
it was ridiculous. It was one of the best lineups we had ever seen, and then uh, they broke that team up pretty quickly. But um, Mike, who, out of those those two those two ninety one and I think ninety one and ninety two, you face I think you face the Twins. Yeah. Which one of those do you think you had the best chance? The Twins to win? In 90, I think it was. But Twins in ninety one, the Blue the Blue Jays in ninety two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was. I think. I think that 91 team was better. I, that's my – I see. I, you know, I, you know I, they were both good, right? They both – I mean, obviously, you've got to be good to make the World Series. Um, right, right, right. Some of those guys had matured a little bit in 92, but I also think mm-hmm. – listen, the, 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 crazy thing about, the crazy thing about the 91 series was both teams that were in the World Series went from worst to first in their divisions, which hardly right, ever right. happens. And that that game, and so I say ninety one was the 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 team that uh, was closer to winning because it goes seven games, uh, and mm-hmm. and John Smoltz pitched eight, eight innings of shutout ball. The problem is, is the right. Dolphins gave up one run, and Jack Morris pitched one more shutout inning. Right, like that. That's yeah. what made the difference in the game, but. I mean, a one nothing game seven. One of the best game sevens. Still, I mean, that game still stands up. And the crazy thing yeah. is, John Smoltz idolized Jack Morris as a kid. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So to see those guys match up in that uh, World Series, um, crazy. But you know, Cleveland. I, I mentioned them earlier for that same reason because. Cleveland did in the 90s a lot of what you're seeing from the Braves and a couple other franchises who are now trying to start to emulate that a little bit. You know, Baltimore's mm-hmm. going to start locking up some of these guys, you know, as they come yeah, up absolutely. and decide these guys. But Cleveland was the first to do it. They made a couple of mm-hmm. trades. They they got Omar Vizquel from Seattle for Felix Fermin. Yep. They got Kenny Lawson from Houston. But they signed mm-hmm. Manny Ramirez. They had Jim Tomey. You know, they, mm-hmm. they signed a lot of their uh, – they signed their young guys, and then you had like Charles Nagy, and you had a. And this Cleveland team won multiple division titles in a row. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they almost won the World Series again in '97. It was '97 extra inning, yeah. like little. Yeah, mm-hmm. Edgar hit like a little blooper that just dropped in, uh, that won the game. They should have won that. They should have won that so. series. They should have won that series. That still bothers yeah, me. Cleveland is one of the best uh, teams to that that they put together, and you think even um, even as, as some of those guys started moving on, that's when Bartolo Colon popped up. Uh, they had that crazy game. Remember the early two thousands when Java Chamberlain was on the mound, and those bugs. Yeah, I forget what you call them now, but those bugs were all over. The midgets. Yeah, the midgets. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yep, the, I, but, I mean, Cleveland. Them, if, I, I can still run. remember screaming at the TV, Mike, take them off the field. If he would have taken them off the field, <laughs> we win that series. Like, it, it was easily plausible to, you know, that that was a that was like it could have been like rain. But you could have asked the umpires to take him off the field, and I, 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 I kid you not, like, because you know I'm, I'm local guy, so I had WFAN, that's our, our local radio station, big time uh, radio station. People just screaming for Tory mm-hmm. Ted, that how do you not take them off the field? How do you not stop the game? Like it was, it was insanity. 
all you had to do, it was, I think it was two, that was what, 2004, 2005? No, was yeah. it two, no, I think it was after that. I think it might have been six or seven. I don't know. I don't remember. But it was just take them off the field. And it was just like that team could not, that Yankee team, once they lost to the Angels, I think in 2000, what was the year the Angels won the World Series? That was 2002? The Angels won the World Series in, let me think. So, the, let's see, the Diamondbacks got them in 01. And yeah, the Diamondbacks got them in 01, and then the Yankees broke the team up. And then, I think it was, was 2002. Yeah, it was that. Yeah, it was, but it they was lost to the Angels. 2003 was yeah. the Marlins. Right. So, once they lost to the Angels, it was that they couldn't get to the championship series. They couldn't get to the game, and then they got A-Rod, and then they got – back to the World Series um, that next year. But, like, after once they lost that series, the mystique was gone. You know, like, the, the veterans were gone, like Bernie and Tino and, and, and O'Neal, what have you. And, yeah, the, it was just always something in the first round, like that Cleveland series we should have won. Um, there was a couple other series as well. It was just, it's just insanity. But, yeah, oh, my God. You just brought some painful memories back in. Now, we, are, we don't talk about before. You don't talk about 04 in this house. This is buried. This is buried. I deviate and going down baseball memory lane on round two. Two seven five nine is the calling number if you want to call and join us. Uh, going to hit a couple other topics too. But you know, real quick, that was 2003. Was the Steve Bartman thing when the Marlins? Yes. Like, I, I believe the Yankees were probably. I believe the Yankees were probably better Yankees. than the Cubs. Uh, the deal yep. is. The deal is you just you just run into starting pitching and and quite honestly, uh, three guys uh, for the Marlins yeah. that year, Josh Beckett who was later heard from again in Boston, uh, him and Brad right. Penny and AJ Burnett who later went to the Yankees, uh, those guys exactly. both, all three pitched out of their mind and and they even got a decent performance from uh, the lefty I don't it wasn't uh, it was uh, I, I can't, can't remember who it was no, they had a lefty that, that pitched pretty well as well. Um, I mean that was a I mean, solid uh, Marlins team. That was a good team. Um, but to, to your point, they had they got the pitching got hot. But that year, everybody thought it was going to be Chicago and Boston, and you know Boston, you know had that epic collapse. You know Pedro Martinez was in the game too long. Um, it, and there, I, I'm pretty sure you've seen the thirty for thirty finding Bartman. It was an amazing. A documentary, mm-hmm. one of the first 3030s I've seen, when they they finally tracked down Bartman and talking about that 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 mm-hmm. whole epic rise of the the Cubs to that point, um, with you know Bartman taking the, the fly ball from Moises Alou in in in, in uh, left field or what have you, and um, you know they had uh, I can't remember I, his, his name is up the pitcher he is on the tip of my tongue uh, Wood. Kerry Wood, I started, you know, they had him, they had, they had Mark, Mark Pryor, who was amazing. I saw Mark Pryor pitch a 2 nothing game against the Pirates at, at, um, at Wrigley Field. He was amazing. He was something else when he was in his prime. So that was, that was a crazy year that, I mean, even though I knew the Yankees were, you know, probably, the Yankees were good. I don't know if they were as good as that Boston team. Boston, I kind of caught them, and it was a little neck and neck. I thought Boston was going to take it, and then you know Aaron Bleep and Boone, 
Um, you had the Aaron Bleep and Boone, and you had um, Bartman. It was it was amazing month of October. I I remember it like it was yesterday. And, and, and the funny thing is, so Aaron Boone hits the home run. If he right. does not, and the Red Sox win that series, I believe Todd Walker is probably the MVP of the ALCS that year. Former LSU Tigers right. played second race for the Red Sox that year. Had a really really good series too um, in that LCS, mm-hmm. but. But look there at how many things changed after that, right, Mike? Like, Boone hits the home run. He's the incumbent third baseman for the Yankees. Gets hurt. A-Rod is now a Yankee. He was supposed to – that home run triggered the Red Sox to go make a move with Texas to get A-Rod. It gets vetoed, and then about a week or two later, he's a Yankee. Like, it was such a weird – Right. You know, do you remember that? It was weird. I do, yeah. Just because of that it, home run. It's definitely weird. Yeah, and it's and it's crazy how I and then I think about Boston, so they win in oh four, then again in like oh seven. And then they decide mm-hmm. to retool a couple of years later. And it's crazy because they, they, they go get Carl Crawford and Adrian Gonzalez. Both of them struggle, but then when they go out to LA they do just fine, and they tar- and, and they really are sort of the linchpin for the Dodgers turning it back around. And ever since Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford went to the Dodgers, they've been in the playoffs or around first place every year since, right, which is 14, 15 years ago. So it's just crazy mm-hmm. how, how these things sort of happen. But I, I did want to segue to the Dodgers for a second here, Barry, and this is a team that we haven't – even on the uh, brunch, we haven't talked a ton about – uh, we've said a few things about them, but the Dodgers are very interesting. Mark Pryor's their pitching coach. Uh, you know, Dave Roberts, the manager. Some people want to run him off, but this team is just, you know, they've won all but one division title. The one year they didn't, they lost by one game, and they still advanced to the National League Championship Series that year. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this Dodgers team, they go get Freddie Freeman from Atlanta last year, uh, and then. They lock up Mookie Betts. You got the catcher and Will Smith. And then, you know, they didn't re-sign Trey Turner, right? They didn't make a push for a couple of these guys that people thought they should have signed. The Dodgers thought Gavin Looks was going to be their shortstop, and he gets hurt in spring. But they go get a couple of, like, veterans to kind of fill in the gaps here, right? So they go get – uh, Jason Hayward, who's been a a pro and a, a, has put up really good numbers as a fourth outfielder. They go get David Peralta. Now you got the kids, too, like James Outman's been really good in the outfield for them, played a lot of center field for them. Uh, Max Muncy may not be hitting 200, but he's got 30-plus home runs. So, uh, and, and they are really, like, they are holding their pitching staff together with, with uh, silly putty and duct tape. But they're still finding a way uh, to get it done. Their closer is a guy who was in Baltimore a couple of years ago with an eight-something ERA. Uh, this Dodgers team tweaked the mechanics. Uh, Lance Lynn is a guy who has mm-hmm. had success at the major league level, but he was getting rocked in Chicago this year. The White Sox were – I mean, right. there's a reason why they traded right. off all their guys. They're not a good team. Mm-hmm. But he goes, to, he goes to L.A. They make a couple of tweaks on his mechanics. And he's back to a strikeout more and more per inning. He's got a two-plus ERA uh, since he's been mm-hmm. there. I mean, here's the thing. The Dodgers spend a lot of money, 
right? Like we know that uh, at times when they really want to compete for a guy, they can spend the money. You know, they got, they got a long bankroll, Barry. They got a long bankroll. But, you know, the, the, the thought that I had and that I said about the Dodgers going into this season was if you're going to get them, this is the year to get them. Because you can believe, you better trust and believe, they're going to make a serious play for Shohei Otani in this offseason. Um, right. This Dodgers team will spend money to plug holes once they figure out what kids that they've used this year can be part of what they're doing moving forward, and once they figure out what holes they have to fill. Uh, this is probably not anywhere close to one of the best Dodgers teams that we've seen over the last decade plus. Yet they still have pulled out in front, seven, eight games out in front. Um, it, it's not just about the money, man. This organization does a lot of things well. Uh, it, from everything I read about it, it's a very good clubhouse environment. Um, it, you know, like them or not, and they've been a big rivalry of the Braves over the last few years because they've both been good. Uh, but like them or not, you got to kind of tip your hat to – uh, the Dodgers and, and what they've been able to accomplish this year. And even just the the level of success that that franchise has been able to have since they brought in Joe Torre, since they made that trade, you know, they, they were kind of up and down for a while. Uh, this team has been back uh, in the upper echelons of the National League, uh, either right at or competing for a World Series every year now for the last decade plus. Like, sure, they feel like they have come short a few times, but you could argue that sustaining regular season success and always being there in the postseason is more difficult than than, than winning a couple of championships just because it, you have to be so consistent, right, in order to be there. So uh, this Dodgers organization has done some really good things and I just thought we should take a minute and kind of give a little bit of flowers to them. Barry, have you seen them at all this year? Do you have any thoughts on the Dodgers? I've seen a little bit. It's hard for me to get a lot of West Coast games uh, unless they're on ESPN or something like that. Um, You know, listen, if it wasn't for the Braves, they'd be the best team in the National League, right? Um, You know, you're right. Like, that pitching staff has really kind of been patchwork together. I think we kind of – we didn't laugh, but, I mean, around the league, people laughed at the Lance Lynn trade. And to your point, he's had a two ERA and three starts since he came over there, right? Um, You know, I think losing Joe Kelly hurts. Um, you know, he, he's got the, the elbow issue. He's on the 15 day IL. So that's, that's going to be an issue, especially when you're, you're trying to piece together a rotation. But I mean, it's, it's funny because you mentioned how much money they spend, right? And like, it's no object. They went and got, uh, Brandy Freeman. They got Mookie Betts a couple of years ago. Um, they, you know, they, they don't mind going after stars. They would have gone after, um, Judge. I think they probably going to make a big move for Otani. I would imagine. But, like, everybody kind of said, listen, this team is good. They need help with the, the starting rotation. And they struck out, right, with, with Justin Verlander. Verlander ends up back in Houston uh, with uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. So that was another arm that a lot of teams were kind of eyeballing, and they didn't get any of those guys, right? So everybody kind of really said, hey, man, what are you guys doing? Aren't you trying to win, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think they're right now they look smarter than, than everybody, right? I think – you know, you got Lance Lynn. They did get uh, Ros- Ahmed Rosario, right? And he's been um, doing pretty well since he's come over. So, listen, I, I really – I think this team is right on track. 
I think, um, you know, their, their, their big ace came out. Um, he, he pitched a really good game. Um, you know, that's, that's what you need, right? They need him to, to really come in into his own and, and really, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like a swan song for him. I don't want to say like, you know, this is kind of the tail end of, of his career because it, it it's, you, you don't want to think that way about Kershaw, but either way, right? Like you respect what he's done in this game and I hope he, he can still pitch, but you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be for forever. So, but he came out, he had, he pitched a couple of games. So they, you know, I think they have what it do. I think they could beat the Braves. Uh, I don't know. It's, it'll be tough. The Braves are a really good team. And I think it's going to, hopefully those are the two teams we see in the in, in LCS and, see them go at it nice long series but i think they're they're in position 10 games up right um in their division i think they're in position to where they're going to be right there uh in the championship race on the flip side of that real quick give it off of baseball Mm. this year extremely Mm. hot already of the first half of the season in first place from well, first of all, in a thirty-game stretch in, in a month, seven mm-hmm. and twenty-three, sixteen games over five hundred, hundred basically a month. I saw something that said no team since uh, nineteen hundred first place to below five hundred in a shorter amount of time. There's no mm-hmm. Diamondbacks did. Um, this year, and because they're young and they don't quite have the depth in the pitching staff, they do have some good young players. And I, I think they just have to stay the course. But man, uh, yeah. the the Diamondbacks that that young team has has really learned over the last month or so that the regular season is definitely a marathon. Definitely, right. uh, you know, they didn't just hit a bump in the road, man. They hit a crater. Like, they lost their transmission, everything came up. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's one of the right, things right. you got to get on record. You can't, you can't just call AAA to come out and fix this thing, right? You gotta, no, you ain't going to fix it. you got to tell this thing off. But, I mean, listen, yeah. they they got a lot of good young talent there. Ketel Marte is a really good ball player. Perdomo's had a good year. Carroll is going to be a star game. But boy, the Diamondbacks have really, really hit, um, really, really hit a tough stretch. And, and right. now I think they went from almost seventy percent um, to make the playoffs to less than ten months. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just crazy, like how how fast we can fall off. Anything else baseball related you want to throw out there before we of baseball and move on to something else? Yeah, I mean, shout out to the Cubs, right? I mean, that team was left for dead. They were probably going to sell off their pieces, right? Um, with with uh, Cody Bellinger and, and Marcus Stroman. Now they're in second place. They're two and a half back of the Brewers. They got a really light schedule, right, to the, to end the season. They, there's a really good chance that they could take this division. Um, they've leapfrogged the, the Reds, who you know they were the darlings uh, early on, and now they've kind of flattened out a little bit, but. You know the the um, the Cubs. You know four games over five hundred. They're they're making their move. So shout out to them. It's unfortunate. I 
you 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 commend them for staying pat and not moving Strowman, but now you know he's he's got to step back. He's headed for the IL with that hip injury, right? Um, they could have sold him and, and got some pieces, but I mean hindsight, obviously, right? Hindsight twenty twenty, but you know they got hot right up until the trade deadline. Decided to keep Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman, and now they're in a position where they probably can make the playoffs. So shout out to the Cubs. And I think, you know, I said this on another show last night. I made the comment, and TP referenced it yesterday, during a while, playoff baseball, New York involved. I think that really sits well with Major League Baseball and you look at New York being the biggest media market. However, you do have a very strong possibility of having the second and third biggest media markets represented in this country. And so I think even though you don't have the New York teams in the playoffs, why is that a little bit if you get the Cubs in? Mm -hmm. Because the Cubs, kind of like the Braves, there's WGN. You could see them all over the country. Carry a name with them. Few franchises in baseball can, as far as notoriety and just like the publicity that comes along with it. I mean, Yankees, Red Sox, of course, you know, a few of those teams. But uh, the peak around the Cubs, even though they have won one world, one world Series and broke that string of 108 years, there's still a certain mystique around the Chicago Cubs and that franchise. And, Wrigley Field in the fall, and, uh, you know, I, I think that will soften the blow a little bit uh, of New York teams not being involved, able to make the playoffs. But, yeah, definitely a shout-out to them. You know, I, I said this a couple other times throughout the season, though. Differential indicated that they should be better than they are. I have one more thing on baseball. So, Baseball savant, and you look at all this, and people want to talk about advanced stats, and you know they're all they're nice, right? Like if you really want to like dive deep down into the game, stats that I heard, did I hear a lot is war replacement. Say is ultimate stat to determine a player's effectiveness. Or, like, how good they are, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to debunk that theory for you here. Monday night. Monday night. Peter Jr. MVP type season. I, I want to get to that in one second. Uh, that, that is one more thing I want to bring up. Is having an MVP season... Night, his war was pretty much the same. Mike, are you there? I don't know if we're having technical difficulties here. Um, I I don't know if you can hear me. I'm here. Um, Sports City. It is the round table with the villain. I don't hear Michael on the line. Um. Not connected. Um, I'm here. Let me get uh, let me get a sponsor in here real quick. 
see if we can do that, but pay a bill here, and then we'll we'll be right back. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. All right, so we're back. You know, we're, listen, we're trying to work things out. I think Mike is in or trying to get into the line. I don't know if he's there, but, um, you know, we're talking all things sports, talking a little baseball, went down a trip of memory lane, but I do see Timeless one himself, so I'll bring Timeless in. TP Timeless, what's going on? Autumn took off the blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped aside. The kitchen timeless is alive. I seen y'all throw the tea in the sky. I think they're having technical difficulties out here, and uh, you know I gotta come and help my people in my city. Um, so I, I've been hearing a lot of talking here. Um, I'm hearing you talk easily about Yankees talk, and I don't get to talk to you like that. You run for me. See, this is this is that no, villain timeless. No, wait, no, wait, no, you ask me some questions. You don't cut me off. You don't cut me off. You don't cut me off. You ask me some questions. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, okay, okay. So what, you want to talk to me? Okay, you can be, you can be my lawyer. You can be my lawyer. Okay, so this is like the, the video Get Money. This is like Get Money. I'm Biggie filing my nails. Let me file my nails and watch you answer the questions. Go ahead. You can do it. Go ahead. Answer the questions for me. Go. Hug me. Don't reject me. Don't, you know, come on. I'm you not going to reject you. you. You rejected me. Ask serious. <laughs> if, if you talk to serious, ask serious how you switched. Mike was there actually, too. Mike watched you literally switch while we was up there talking Yankees. But today he's talking about, it's a fun space. Everything's okay. We could talk about them. They suck. And everything's happening. Cashman and, mm-hmm. and boom. I, I heard it, I heard every last bit of it. You trying to be sick. I didn't say Cashman. Mind. See, you're making up this stuff right now. You know I mean? You, just a little. I just got to sauce it. I got to sauce it up a little bit. Just a little. It, it is a safe space because when you come in, you attack the villain. You attack me. I'm, it's not I'm supposed that's to. That's healthy for our relationship. I'm supposed, it's not healthy. I'm supposed to attack the villain. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. No, do it's not healthy. No. Yes, it no, is healthy. You're, you're smiling. You're smiling. You're going to love me. You're going to love me. I'm bringing joy. I'm bringing joy. I, that's what I do. Look, I make you happy. Look at you smile right now. You can't even hide it. You're glowing through the phone. <laughs> Well, you need a baker, you bring me joy? <laughs> exactly, that part. I'm, uh, listen, you lucky in summertime. I feel like I'm your lightning bug right now. I got you glowing. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped off of here. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened, but I, I'm back now. Sorry about that. He's gone for a minute, but he's back. I fell off. I sat here, and I went through a whole guys, to get your opinion on it. And then I realized when I didn't hear a response, uh-oh, the call must have dropped. Okay, so I don't want to interrupt you guys' answer. I would like both of you guys' take on the subject, but I'll let you guys. I don't even know what the subject was because I, I couldn't even hear you. I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. So um, we had to pay the bills and, and then, you know, try to make this thing work. But you're going to have to start from the beginning. 
<laughs> I will for sure. No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know what you guys were talking about, so I wanted you guys to finish wherever you guys were. So, I view watching this team every day. To hear both of your takes on this, the year that Ronald Acuna has had, this guy pays to hit more home runs and steal seventy plus bases. It's ridiculous. Uh, he's hitting what three forty with over a four thirty on base percentage. He baseball in steals and runs scored by a pretty wide margin, top five in hits and average. Uh, he's having a fantastic year. The last month comes Matt Olson, and he's leading the world in home runs and the world in RBIs. We're just creeping up into the 270s. People national and people close to Atlanta that thinks if he were to win the overall home run title and RBI title, be the MVP of the National League to hear you guys' takes on which of the two you guys would lean towards for the National League MVP. Uh, you want you want me to answer that first? And TP, can you go next on that? Yeah, TP, go ahead, brother. Oh, you want me to go? Um, yeah. It's interesting, it's interesting because Olsen is, is doing a great job this year, um, but the whole Atlanta Braves offense is going absolutely out of this world. For what Acuna is doing right now, like, um, I okay, so you got to, as y'all know, I'm a Twins fan, die hard. And over the past week, the Twins are playing the Phillies. Now, you know the Phillies are in National League East team. They just were, you know, side bantering about baseball, and then they started talking about the Braves. And the, these are the legends because it it's the it, – this past week that went by, it marks the 30th year of them making it to the World Series in 93. And then it marked like the 20th year. Uh, it was like, or something like that. It was like the 20th or 30th year, but they was recognizing both Philly teams from those situations. It was 10 years apart. And the way that they all spoke from Gary Matthews to John Crook to uh, – Ricky, like, they, they had all those guys up there in the booth, and they were all amazed by what Acuna is doing at this point in time. Gary Matthews made a statement, and every day I see the Braves play or, or think of his name, I laugh because it's true. He said the way Acuna's playing, he's smacking the ball like it's cartoon-like. And I laughed so <laughs> hard. Cause, and exactly, it makes you laugh because you think about, like, a Bugs Bunny cartoon when he playing against the Yankees and, and, and those type of hits, whether the Yankees was hitting the bombs and it was like 100 people scoring or, you know, he got back at him and beat the crap out of the Yankees. It was like that. And just watch every time if they if a pitcher leave one hanging on the plate, Acuna's going to not only, like, make contact, he's crushing them and making them pay for it. And for him to have, like, over 70 stolen bases right now, that's that's ridiculous. Like, like that's Ricky. Like, like and, and knowing I grew up, Around my big brother's favorite baseball player is Ricky Henderson. So, no, and I've seen a dynamic amount of Ricky Henderson. It's like watching this happen in Atlanta, this is impressive at this point in time. So, it's a toss-up. You could flip the coin, but I, I think most valuable player would be Acuna to me. But Olsen could definitely get into the conversation that wouldn't make people mad at all. But um, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's Acuna's to lose, right? I, I mean, he's going to be – he's easily going to be a 40-40 guy, right? Um, he, he's he got 
how many how many home runs is he? I mean, Olsen's got 43 home runs, which is impressive, right? Acuna's got, got, got 28. Acuna's got 28. 27. He, he's got 27, I think, and, and it's um, but the stolen bases, you, you know what I mean? You look at the wins, the war he has, like the OPS, the slugging. I mean, you know. You know, his war is a whole run ahead of, like, he's at 6.1. Olsen's at 5.1, right? Acuna's hitting 335. Olsen's, like, 274. So, I mean, you start breaking down those numbers with 55 stolen bases. Like, I mean, it's just – I feel like it's his to lose. Freeman's having a really good year, too. But anyway, let's not let's not discount what these guys are doing. Freddie Freeman had a really July – um, you know, he's having, he's having a really good season, probably his best full season since, what, 2020. But, I mean, it's, this is, to me, it's Acuna's to lose. I mean, and that's, I love the guy. I mean, like, he, he, after Judge, he's probably my, my favorite player to watch. Like, he's, because he, he does everything. He, he's in the field. He, he runs. He hits. Like, there's not a lot that he can't do. So, um yeah, I gotta give. I think it's Acuna's to lose, and it couldn't happen to a, a nicer guy. I, I really like watching him play. Did you hear my comment? I got cut off earlier. Did you hear my comment on War earlier as well, or no? No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So this is my last uh, my last comment on baseball that I wanted to hit. So we talk about like advanced stats and how people like say, well, these advanced stats means so much, and you look deeper into the game. And so one of the stats that people love to throw around, especially these quote-unquote experts, is war, right? Wins above replacement. You guys have all heard that stat before. Mm-hmm. As of Sunday, I'm just going to show you how stats don't always tell the whole story. As of Sunday, Haseon Kim, the second baseman for the San Diego Padres, who played some third when Machado was out, and he played a little bit of short when Bogarts needed to be out, He's pretty much been their everyday second baseman this year. Had the exact same war as Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, I, I don't think you could – you could pull a 1,000 fans, even Padres fans. And I don't think you're going to find more than two or three, and, and, and those would be his family. That would tell you that they would take Haseon Kim over Ronald Acuna Jr. And if his family's keeping it a bean, they would take Acuna too. So – Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, the advanced stats don't always tell the story, right? No matter how advanced you want to get with them. Right. Uh, TP Timeless, the the NBA schedule was released today. Did you see any of that? And do you have any thoughts on uh, the regular season schedule uh, for the NBA? I know it was released, but I didn't see how a lot of the games broke down and see some of the Christmas schedule games. But um Mm-hmm. To me, like, and this is it's sort of the same thing with baseball. Baseball and basketball, like, how in the schedule goes down, there's, there's so many games. It's like you can't really keep pace with where a lot of the matches that you like marquee matchups or where they play at, depending on how the schedule pans out. But um, I'm happy that it goes down now. Um, hopefully I can catch a couple of uh, the games that may be in the region, like when we play the Knicks, if I can try to get to the Garden, even though the Garden is an expensive ticket. But definitely would like yep. to catch them in the in the Barclays too, because uh, the Barclays I feel is a better venue watching a basketball game than the Garden. The Garden is tight; it's, it's extremely tight in the Garden. Um, but yeah, other than that, hopefully I can catch a, a, a Thunder game if they could come in the region. Um, and definitely watch a lot of the teams that are, are have a lot of these uh, players that are 
in their final year of the contracts. And, you know, I've actually read something that Chicago is now interested in Kawhi. So, like, if Kawhi ended up being dealt with Chicago, it would be crazy because uh, who comes back in return? Levine. I mean, Levine is a uh, West Coast guy, so it would be interesting. Um, but, no, I haven't seen too much of the schedule. I know it was released today, but I didn't see a lot of how positioning uh, from October to April goes down. But I'm definitely intrigued to watch or, or to actually look at, see a lot of the schedule across the board. Uh, Barry, you have any thoughts on the schedule? There's one thing that jumped out to me because I didn't really go past the first couple weeks because I, I agree with you, TP. So many games, hard to keep track of it. It's not the same as the – NFL schedule releasing because you only got 18 weeks and 17 games, right? And people uh, start planning for that once they see that schedule in the spring. And we go go here to catch our team on the road this year kind of thing, right? So basketball is a little bit different. Um, Barry, have you seen any of the schedule or have any thoughts on any of the matchups yourself? Yeah, I didn't see the full schedule. I mean, like like you guys said, like yeah, I kind of I agree with you. It's so it's 82 games. It's not like I can really take the time to dissect and say win, loss, win, loss, win, win, you know, and say, oh, we're going to get 50 something games. But, I mean, what I what stood out to me was, um, you know, the Knicks have about 20 televised games, uh, nationally televised games, uh, between the ESPN, TNT, what have you. So um, that's a switch from last year where I don't think they had a lot of nationally televised games because nobody expected a lot from them. Um, be anxious to see how the Knicks can um, play this year. I, you know, like Jalen Brunson is like the guy, so he's got to do for us. I loved the signing last year. I thought it was, I thought it was a sneaky good one, and, and it's come to fruition. This is his team, in my opinion. So uh, that's going to be good. I think the Christmas Day games, I think, will be very interesting. Um, you know, TP alluded to it. You know, my Knicks are playing um, at home against the Bucks. I will not be going to a Knicks game. Ever again. I, I, I'm sorry, X. I love you, but I'm not taking you to a next game. I will not go to the Garden. Um, I, I hate James Dolan. I love my next, but I hate James Dolan, so I will not support him. But, um, you know, Golden State, Denver, that's going to be a fun game. Boston, Lakers, uh, Philly, Miami, who knows who's on Philly, who knows who's on the I think we talked about it a little bit last night with Dame Dollar. Uh, he's dropping an album tonight, right, I think, Dame Dollar. Uh, Don Dollar. Don Dollar. But, uh, you know, that'll be an interesting game in Dallas and Phoenix. So those, those are actually some solid games. Hopefully everybody's healthy. Um, those should be some fun Christmas Day games. So, um, you know, that's pre- pretty much all that I kind of plucked out. Um, you know, I think, the, like, the tip-off game with the Lakers and the Nuggets, that'll, that'll be a good rematch in Golden State, Phoenix. That'll be a good, you know, Durant versus the Warriors kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I, that's pretty much what I plucked out. I think, first of all, I think shame on the league for one thing that they did opening night. Uh, you would not have seen this happen in, in Tinseltown, in, uh, or you wouldn't have seen this happen in L.A. or in other places. Um, but the Denver Nuggets, defending champions, their ring night game is going to be at 7.30 Eastern time. That's 5.30 Denver time. Oh, well. That is not oh, well. a lot of time for people to get home from work, all this kind of stuff, get to the game. I mean, obviously, people are going to have to be playing ahead of time. Uh, listen, Denver businesses, uh, y'all might do might have to shut down early on ring night in Denver. Yes. I, but I don't, I shut don't it say down. Shut it down, Mike. But, Mike, it's, it's, you, you're talking about an East Coast audience that's not going to stay up past 10 o'clock. Some will, but not a lot will. 
to watch that game. You know what I mean? That's a marquee matchup. Yeah. I can't put that at ten thirty at night. I, I understand. I'm just, I, all I'm saying is I can tell you that anytime the anytime the Lakers have been defending champions and they've had their ring night, it's been mm-hmm. you know a, a seven seven thirty game. So it is ten ten thirty at night. The interesting thing though okay. is to me, I, I, I just think when when I look at it, I see they put. Lakers and Denver as the first game of the season in Denver. Mm-hmm. And then later on that night, Golden State and Phoenix. And I think that'll be a very good matchup. I just think that I probably would have had two teams from the Eastern Conference play the first game that night. I would have had Denver at least play a little bit later uh, just because I think it would have been uh, you know, better for those fans and everything else. I do love the two matchups, though, on opening night. I, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's a little bit of an early start for a ring night game. And I, I, I don't see I don't see that being done to any of, you know, you're not going to have an East Coast defending champ start at 530 in the evening. Um, you're not going to have the Lakers start their game at 530 local time uh, on a ring night. I just I, – I, I feel like it's uh, it's sort of a backhanded compliment to the Denver Nuggets in some ways um, for that to be for that to be the case for their for their uh, you know ring night ceremonies or whatever. But hey, congratulations! At least you get them right. Like <laughs> there are a lot of franchises <laughs> that would love to have that problem, right? So right, right. Um, so I know that we have talked about football this week, you guys. Um, a good bit. I, I did want to hit on this uh, before we uh, hit football a little bit, see if anybody's got anything. The head coach for the women's soccer team for the U.S. has stepped down uh, after their earliest exit that they've ever experienced in World Cup. Uh, probably a good thing. Um, I don't know. The World Cup will be decided between England and Spain this weekend on the women's side, so that's what's happening there. Uh, TP, uh, we before you came on, uh, we did talk about the Wander Franco situation a little bit. Have you seen any of this, or do you have any thoughts on that at all? Um, I heard it briefly on what you were just, I heard about the Franco situation. I didn't hear about the the claims that he has going on. That's different, but um, scary that a guy that young is just like bothering me. Um, uh, we're losing TP a little bit there. Can you TP hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Now we got you. Now we got you. Okay, so like, um, it's scary to watch this go down. I don't know how much of that you caught, but um, you know, you're watching young players like this with this tremendous amount of talent go down the drain. As you guys know, I, I pick on Barry as much as I can about the Yankees just because that's, that's my brother at heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they know the Yankees have to up in almost every conversation. It's good to see, like, the wicked wets go down, right? But there are players that I respect out of that organization, right? And then looking out what um, the pitcher German, um, the main, he just went through, like, you're, you're you're worried about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he flipped out in the clubhouse. They said he was flipping chairs and things like that. It's like, well, 
what happens now when he gets it together, what clubhouse is going to go after him. And then hearing what Mike just said about Franco, it's like they're saying that he might not play baseball again. It's like, okay, so this is a situation where it's a mental, a mentality situation. He's going to have to go into some type of regrouping situation, whether it's therapy or what have you, and then what team takes a jump at him, and every single stadium across the board are going to poo-poo him and look down on him. Is he ready for that? mental drain at the end of the day. So it's tough, especially with him being as young as he is and was supposed to be responsible for so much money. Um, it's sad, especially while the Rays are doing interesting enough. I don't want to say very good because they fell apart as a league, but, I mean, they're still in the contention of being in the playoffs. Like, you can't take that away from them at this point in time. And he is this story is a distraction. I don't want to call it what well, I could just say he is a distraction at this point, but it's tough to label him when people have these type of issues going on, and um, you want to see teams do better in the ALEs. You don't want to just keep seeing the Red Sox and the Yankees. The Red Sox and the Yankees. It, it, it's interesting to see the Orioles and the Rays are head and shoulders above these guys, you know. But now it's something that's lingering. Let alone a, a Rays player that uh, really didn't get to see too much of the field yet. So, um, me, I'm I'm the type of guy that's into second chances. I want to see people do well, but it, this is a this is a hard road to follow uh, for him to try to build himself up in a very critical uh, critiquing sport. Baseball, they they are like tooth and nail on dissecting people, and and I mean he's no different. I, we can bring up situation after situation. I, I'm at the age of remembering John Cruck and his situation. I don't know if y'all remember John Cruck, but John Cruck was going through so much. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. Boomer, uh, David Wells and his situation, like wanting to see these players get back out there and do well. And it's, it's hard to bounce back because every media across the board will dice and slice you. And um, I don't think he's any different. I don't think he's bigger than the names that I just mentioned right now. So we'll see. Um, but hopefully after the duration of time, I guess they're going to give him – Hopefully he comes back. If not, it's, it's going to be one of those sad stories that we talk about for years to come. The uh, the first ever Major League Baseball game I went to was in 1988 in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Uh, I'm so happy to be there. I had been to Six Flags that day, a little family vacation thing, and it rained, so they didn't start until about 9.30 at night. They were supposed to start at 7.40. The Braves won the game 11-7 to against the Padres. Got to see Tony Gwynn play. And John Crook had all seven RBIs for the Padres that night uh, in an 11-7 to loss. So definitely no uh, Mr. John Crook. I want to ask you guys about another story that came out this week and get both of you guys' takes on this. And I'm going to start with you first one on this one, TP. Um, earlier in the week, story comes out um, about Michael Orr. And it wasn't that he thought he was adopted until February of 2023 and found out it was just a conservatorship. And so then he puts out word about the Chewies saying that they made a lot of money off his name. And then the Chewies now have come back and say it's a shakedown attempt and all this kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things to unpack uh, with this situation uh, for anybody else that doesn't know, Michael Orr was the subject of the movie Blindside. Uh, Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for that movie or whatever. Um, and this was the story of, of a guy 
who, I mean, wasn't accurately necessarily portrayed in the movie, and that was something that bothered him from the beginning. Um, but, you know, a smart street kid out of the Memphis area who then goes to private school and later goes to Ole Miss and ends up getting picked in the first round of the draft. Um, have you guys seen anything on this story? TP, do you have any thoughts on the uh, on the recent uh, takes coming out between Michael Orr and the Tui family and all that going on? This is a very touchy, difficult situation to break down, and I'm kind of for it. I'm kind of for it. I'm kind of for it. The interesting situation is it's like Michael Orr waited till his career was over to, like, address this to where his stature is okay, he's financially stable, things of that nature, like, you wait till now. Like, why not address it, like, when the movie came out? Like, you're okay. You were big enough to make the NFL – they weren't going to rob you of your NFL career. Don't wait till almost a decade or more down the line to try to expose the situation. Now, the crazy part about this is if there's truth, which I feel there is, I do feel like he is right about this because this is for city vibe with me. Cause I know I don't like these race issues, but this is the one, this is the American way. This is the American way. They made dollar for dollar off the back of minorities. They have, since those ships went across the Atlantic before light. Like, so knowing that you were caught up in this process with people that own a franchise that can't be stopped, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so you got caught up in it. You were successful. I mean, a story, you know, how many people do you know, like, down the line that have some controversial stories that don't get heard? You know, and then what happens, knowing this could be 100% true, which I feel is on our side, what happens? What, do you sue them now? Like, do you get financial gain from the movie? Do you get happy that you're taken away from them, that they've actually taken from you already? Like, we've, we've already been misused. We are um, overworked and underpaid as it is as society, like, at the end of the day. So I I feel bad for him for what he's going through. I don't really want to small change that. And the two he's, if, if I'm doing this correctly, they're just a part of the American way. This this is what they've been they shown historically at the end of the day. And I don't like it, but, I mean, money is power. And uh, they got away with it, the story, and whatever movie director gained, you know, ground with it and ran with it for however long. And, again, all of the actresses and actors that gained, you know, strength in their resumes and careers, I mean, it was a great story, like watching Blindsided, riveted people. People got emotional about it. So people emotionally are attached to Michael Orr. But now it's like you make this look like it's a fake and, like, what, what do you want public perception to be, not to feel a certain way about you? You're, you're more successful than a lot of the people that actually watched the movie at this point in time. Like, you you at least probably have a net worth over a million. I'm hoping that you sat on some of it. If not, then that's a tough scenario. But uh this this is touchy this is a very touchy situation but again it does not surprise me how us as the people have gone through these situations decade after decade and century after century uh, uh i definitely agree with a lot of what you said there i have a couple of things i want to share too but uh villain i want to come to you on this one uh have you read much about this or seen much about this story over the last week, and do you have any thoughts on the Michael Orr 
uh, Sean and Leanne, SJ, Collins, uh, to us on that. Yeah, I've tried to purposely ignore it because if he said, like, this movie came out over 10 years ago, and now all of a sudden you, you, you realize that it wasn't an accurate portrayal of you as a character. Um, looks a little fishy to me. Like, now you're talking about lawyers talking about there was a shakedown that, you know, Michael Orr, you know, demanded hush money or something like that from the Tui family and or the Tui family used. It was just, it's just like getting so convoluted and, and so much nonsense. Like, as soon as I heard the story, I was like, all right, here goes that BS again. Like, you know, next caller. Like, I don't want to hear about it. I mean, it's just, you know, convenient amnesia during your career. I know the procedure, right, TP? And then all of a sudden now it's a problem after your career is over, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, TP, convenient amnesia. I know the procedure. But um, it's 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 just I, I, I refuse to know anything more about this story. As a fan, I could care less. And as, like, somebody that's just watching this from the outside, like both sides, to me, are shady. And I hope none of them get any money out of this. This sounds ridiculous to me. Like, um, I, you know what I mean? Like, they know the truth. There's their story, Michael's story, the two family story, and then the truth. And, and, and nobody's really adhering to any of it to me. So um, miss me with that. Michael, I hope you have a good retirement. The two family, you know, you're probably fine. You got a bunch of Starbucks or whatever you got, KFCs or whatever, whatever. I don't even know. But, um, yeah, miss me with this one. My first, my first thought when I first saw because the, the first thing I saw the first day was uh, the Michael Orr side of it. Before I read anything from the other side, and my first thought was, well, that's what happens when you trust a couple of white people from Ole Miss. Uh, but that's not nice. Mm. Um, so, uh, but you know, LSU and Ole Miss uh, are not uh, the biggest fans of each other. So, uh, just had to get that out of my system uh, before I go on. You know, you said it, Barry. There's, there was talk that this was not his first attempt at what they tried to term as a shakedown. There were some things that said that those two children, Sean and Leanne, got one fee, that was it, and that if anybody should be uh, upset, it should be everybody feeling like they didn't get their share and they should join the writer's strike kind of thing. So, I, you know, I don't really know what the whole story is. I think you're right, uh, Barry. I think there's, in this side, in this story, I think there's probably three sides of it. Um, I think there's the or side, I think there's the two side, and I think there is uh, something somewhere in the middle. But it's just, uh, it, if it's true that you had no idea that it wasn't an adoption, um, that's kind of sad. The only other time that I've really heard the term conservatorship at all was in regards to Britney Spears and all that craziness with her money. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that we want to put Michael Orr in that same category. But uh, listen, if uh, to TP's point, um, there there has been a lot of uh, you know, rich white people have made a lot of money off the off the backs of uh, of of black people in America for a long, long time, and so um, 
if that has been the case in this story, um, if they if they have done all the things that Michael Orr claims, I hope he gets something back in return for it. But I I do think that there's something a little bit odd about it taking this long for it to come up. Now, if he didn't learn until this February that it wasn't a true adoption um, until and it was a conservatorship, there's probably some hurt feelings and some emotions that go into that as well. Um, I don't know, but it uh, I, I, that's the last thing I expected to come across my new seed, and I think we've already spent uh, probably too much time on the topic here tonight. But I at least wanted to throw it out there because it's a big story uh, in the sports world this week. Uh, so I wanted to get that out there as well. Now, real quick, we talked about it last night, you guys. We put together a Sports City Chef Fantasy Football League. Uh, we are going to be drafting, what, this Tuesday night, Barry, 9.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Tuesday. time. So next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. The, okay, the following. Live, live on the okay, front so office show, hosted by Sirius, Michael, TP, the villain. Everybody's going to be on live, doing the draft live. So this is the 29th that we're doing this or the 22nd? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 29th. Okay. So the 29th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. You guys want to check it out. Uh, call in. Listen to us on all your smart devices where you can get all of our content. But check us out. Uh, you can listen to our draft. Uh, you can weigh in on our teams, whatever you want to do. Uh, but we are going to be uh, playing a fantasy football league and doing a draft live so people can kind of comment on their thought process and some of their picks as we go along. It should be a lot of fun. I have not um, done a live draft at the same time as trying to do a show, so it's going to be tricky to go on on and off mute on a regular basis, so I'm probably just going to have to make sure I put myself in a uh, in a quiet room so <laughs> I can, uh, you know, flick through my phone and, and manage all the draft screens and everything as we do this, but I'm excited about that. So that's one cool thing that we have coming on coming up in Sports City over the next uh, week and a half is two weeks. Uh, coming up is our fantasy football draft. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. Um, other things that anybody has on their brain that they want to serve up or at least uh, talk about or, or throw around the, uh, the kitchen tonight? Anything at all? That silence does help me. A bit, <laughs> I, I, I was guys. waiting for TP to say something. I was waiting for TP to say something. Um, I mean, if, no, y'all, like, if y'all want me to shoot the gun, I'll I, I shoot the gun because the rabbit got the gun. If y'all want me to go, right. I'll let it no, go. Well, okay, TP, go ahead. TP, I want to hear. I want to hear TP's opinion on what Jameson um, and and um, I'm gonna say Brown. You know, they got injured. They left practice today with a couple of leg injuries. I don't know if you heard about that, Mike. No, that was yesterday. You're, you're, listen, if you want to address Lions news, we could address that, okay? Um, we spoke about this yesterday. Well, I didn't know James okay, is here. I need the other Lions fan opinion. I help you out. I help you out. No, no, no. controversy isn't here, so I need the other Lions fan to give his opinion. You know, we don't have both Lions fans in the building. So That's fine. I'll, I'll take care of this and some more. I'll take care of them and the Bronx professional sports team. I'll, I'll take care of that too. 
with, with you you buckle up because I'm I'm throwing all all fastballs. I'm I'm doing a raw this Chapman and it's heyday. Like okay, so um Tank Brown situation, I think it's a high ankle. Um, they're just being cautious with him because he's probably one of the biggest faces of the team. I don't blame him to sit him down and if he plays or not against Jacksonville, that's a, a thing. But I think they want to try to get him reps, but it's not important. You know, we need him for the season. So if they want to sit him out, that's fine. They could risk losing a preseason game to Jacksonville. I, I know Jacksonville has their eyes set on beating us after the way that the Lions took care of them in the regular season last year. So there's no need to force that issue. Jamison Williams situation, fine. If he's injured, fine. And I'm not saying that like I don't want him on the field, but he's been struggling. If he's out mm-hmm. for six games, let him fully heal. He don't need to rush back on that field at all. All he needs to do is learn how to catch the ball. That's it. Uh, get his timing down, and that helps the team. Like, like um, that's one thing that I'm waiting for is, like, his consistency. So if he can't build it now, especially with the rest they tried to give him, especially against the Giants where they were trying to force-feed him the ball and ended up causing them an interception, um, he's going to have to build it on the fly when he gets back. I mean, he knows what to do. He knows that this team is hungry, and, and a, a lot of the public perception is that they, the Lions should do well this season. So um, his hands are full when he gets back. No need to rush him back. I'm I'm content and um, want to see other ones play. Now, the other part about this is who they bring up. I don't know if, if you really have been watching what the Lions are going through, but they have a receiver named Chase Coda who's now taking over the limelight of Tom Kennedy's role as, like, the Caucasian receiver that everybody's falling in love with. And this guy is a 6'4", 200-pound jump ball speedster. He has a 38-inch vert. So it's like we can't get rid of that type of talent, let alone Denzel Mims has been hurt also. So we don't know if we're going to have him on the team after being injured and the Jets sold him down the river. This is going to be interesting to see what receivers they place while Jamison is out and, you know, who's going to be the fifth or sixth guy. So – Detroit has their hands full. I was really hoping they would have picked up Hopkins, but now Hopkins is in Tennessee. That's an afterthought. They're going to have to build what they have in-house. Now, the uh, the Yankee situation. No, let me leave it alone. I ain't even going to do that to Barry. I'm going to leave him alone because that was long ago. But, everybody, I want you all to know there is an album called Life After Death composed by Christopher George Latour Wallace. The name of the song is What's Beef? And the first couple of words go like this. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. That's what's going on. These guys are under 500, and I'm here for it. This is a beautiful thing. And just like he said, this has not happened since 95. A lot of the Yankee fans that I grew up with, their hero, Donnie Baseball, has never gotten a World Series, and this is how far this goes back. So this is a beautiful thing. The Yankees will probably potentially miss the postseason, and as you see, he's bored because the Yankees are no longer, you know, fascinating. Like, like, it's at a this broken point, record. Guy, it's boring. Me, I didn't break no. you up. You yawn, and you try to break me up with yawn. You try to break no. me up with yawn. You're being rude. You're being rude. No. Nobody I thought it was cares a safe, I thought it I thought it was a safe spot, and now all of a sudden you want to be safe. Nobody cares. So what? So I, I'm it's not safe. I can't. I can't. I can't. You're the villain. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. That's what's wrong with America today. They don't care about other people's feelings. They only care about themselves. 
This is what's wrong. And he's laughing. You hear him, America. You hear him. This is what I'm going through. I don't break up no, this speech. No, I'm just Barry talking. No. Uh, and now you're telling me to go on my network. I'm, this, is what, this is what they do to people. America. America. This is, I feel like Michael Orr right now. This is what I really feel like right now. Michael, call me yeah, well, and we can blind well, Somebody would have talked your sorry teeth, Michael Orr. Get out of here. I'm done. I'm done. Michael, it's been a pleasure. Wait. It's been a pleasure being on your show. Thank you for having me. The villain is out. I am done with what? Timeless for a week. I will see you after my vacation. Konnichiwa, bitches! Poor City, you see what just happened? Do y'all just see what just happened? This dude is leaving me show in the middle of my speech. <laughs> and every, that's, I tried to stop. And then he said it was a safe space earlier. And then when I do it, they break up my... You know what? This is why I didn't want to come up. I didn't want to do this because it was safe without me. But now I'm the bad guy. Now he's trying to paint me as a villain. Y'all know, if y'all know me and Barry Jordan, where we go through how much crap this dude talks, and now all of a sudden he wants to interrupt me and then jump off this show. You, you know what? It's okay. I have fun for him. That's all I have to say. I, I enjoyed myself. I, I hope I hope if he's jumping shit that he can swim. Um, you know him better than I do. Uh, so I, I hope he does know how to swim uh, because he definitely uh, – he definitely jumped ship, and he is in the water. Uh, so, so, TV, we got a couple minutes left on here. Uh, I, I'm glad you got your, your your spill in on the Yankees right there. Are there any other topics that you would like to throw in this pot before we uh, try to clean up these dishes and get out of here this evening? I've done enough damage. I'm okay. Every Everything's all right. <laughs> the, the gumbo got mixed up, and it they got a little too spicy. For the villain, the villain he can't handle my cayenne pepper. That's that's what he can't handle. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get him some milk to help with, with the spices, because you know it does the body good, right? So, uh, <laughs> but listen, uh, good times as always, man. Thank you, TP, for stopping by. I'm gonna uh, since, since you're the head honcho, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you do closeouts here in a second. So I'm gonna run through a couple things real quick and then ask you to get us out of here if you don't mind, sir. Uh, but Real quick, we got shows throughout the week. NFL front office show on Tuesday nights. Callers cookout on Wednesday. Roundtable gumbo on Thursdays. All of these shows start at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Check us out on all your smart speaker devices as well on the Blog Talk platform. And remember, if you like if you like it, it helps us with the numbers. And if you subscribe, you never miss an episode. So check us out. Also, check out the website, sportcitychefs.com. Got blogs, got finger foods, got articles all kinds of things coming up, and we're going to continue to deliver uh, more content as we move forward. We also have on Sunday mornings uh, the highlight of my week, the timeless Sunday morning brunch with the head honcho TP has me alongside on Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern time, where we recap what has happened in the weekend of sports, and then we also set the table for you on what's going to happen uh, that Sunday and TP, you and I are only three weeks away from this weekend. Uh, you know, we're about 24 days now from getting to the point where we are going to be getting back into that Sunday morning routine of, of picking games. And you're asking the question, who do you like in this game and why? Uh, <laughs> so this will be our third season, uh, doing this. And I'm definitely, uh, looking forward to it, TP and always happy to, uh, to be in alongside you for this time of Sunday morning brunch and everything that uh, we got going on here in the network. 
And thank you once again. I tell you this all the time, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, without you, I wouldn't be part of this uh, this group and this family. And I, I'm eternally grateful to you, man, for bringing me on board. Shout out all the respect and love for you, my friend. Also to the other chefs, uh, Villain joining us today. Appreciate that. Chandler on a fishing trip with the veterans, man. Hope you have a great time. Hope to have you back next week. Uh, glad you're setting that example and getting out and doing stuff and enjoying that camaraderie. Uh, with veterans and getting out and and being social. So uh, very happy to see that for you as well. Love that for you, Mr. Knight. Uh, Shout out to Sirius as well. Uh, We'll give Controversy a shout out as well. Uh, Dave Jets, who did Baseball Buffet with me last year, uh, he's going to be joining our league. Uh, We got that fantasy football league coming up. So lots of cool things going on in Sports City. And don't forget phiapparel.co, promo code CHEFS at checkout for 15% off. TP Thomas, you do it better than anybody, my friend. Uh, so I'm going to pass it to you and ask you to get us out of here. Thanks again for joining me on Roundtable Gumbo. Yes, um, Sports City, I'm sorry that this is the way the show ends. I didn't want to run the bad guy off, but see, y'all see what happens. Like, if they have the up, they want to talk bad about the Lions, right? But if I got the up, they get mad and crush my speech about the Yankees. Hell, if I start talking about the Giants, they go crazy. If I start talking about, well, you already know how this goes. Like, they can dish it, but they can't take it. And if they can't take the heat, you know what Barry just did. He got out of the doggone kitchen. Y'all already know how this slogan goes. Continue to check us out, sportscitychefs.com. A lot of work going on, especially if you guys are in the outdoor sports. Somebody's trying to introduce outdoor sporting, like fishing and boating and things of that nature. So I don't know if that's an avenue that I feel comfortable with, but we're trying to cover all bases as much as possible. I do not neglect any other, you know, the thoughts and ideas, but Sports City, we're trying everything. We, we even did arm wrestling back in the day. We even had, you know, UFC fighters in the building. I had my, my little brother and God rest his soul, Anthony Johnson in the building. We also had Ken Shamrock as our feature. So just continue to support us as much as possible. We got as much of this going on as we do normally around this time. And I am so focused because guess what? We are literally halfway to the burn months. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh.